Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Can y'all give me five minutes? I like the cross. Y'all can leave that there. Matthew 12 and 40 from the NASB. I'm just going to preach about resurrection just for a few minutes. Can y'all give me a few minutes? It says, for just as Jonah was in the stomach of the sea monster for three days and three nights, listen to this, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Where is he going to be? He's going to be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7 from the ESV. Is that the version uh, the Tutsans use? Every time y'all get up, y'all say ESV. Is that okay? Throw that in there. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Somebody say the fullness of time. He didn't come haphazardly. He didn't come coincidentally, but he came at the fullness of time. It says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Where was he born? Now, he was born under the law for this purpose, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So then that means that being under the law is antithetical to sonship. Y'all hearing that? So then that means that all of these Jewish sympathizers who are trying to convert Christianity into Judaism are errant. Well, I might as well just put it out there. I might as well do my call. Can I, can I be who I'm called to be? It's errant because Jesus came under the law to deliver us from the law, not to subject us to the law. Okay? So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, here's the clause, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You realize the sentiment of God being your father it's not so much you making up your mind to call him father, but it's the spirit of Jesus Christ in you calling him father. Okay? Am I still here in the text? It says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. Not a slave to the law, but a son of God. And if a son, then an heir through God. Somebody say, I'm an heir. I'm an heir. Well, uh, what are you an heir of? Every single thing that belongs to God. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Somebody's going to wake up and get that in their spirit in a minute. Say, I'm a joint heir, a joint heir. With, Christ. with Christ. So that means legally. Now watch this. I don't know if any of you have a joint banking account. But if you have a joint banking account, you could have put all of your money in that account. All of the direct deposits could be yours. You could be the only person with a debit card for that account. You could be the only person that transacts on that account, but the co-owner can go into the bank with their ID and take all of your money and close that account. And by law, there's nothing you can do about it. You can pull up seven years worth of statements and say they didn't put a dime in here. They're going to say because they are a joint heir or a co-owner, that's their money. So if we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, every single thing that belongs to Christ, y'all will get that next year. We have to grow up. Somebody say grow up. 
every message I've been preaching these last few weeks after the pandemic or the last few months has been to bring us to another level of maturity so that we can understand what it means to be Christ in us, the hope of glory. There are things, watch this, and I'm almost done. Y'all give me 20 minutes. Somebody give me a clock. Andre, give me a clock. Actually, put 15 minutes on it because I already used five. There are things that you are waiting for God to do that when you recognize your sonship, you'll do yourself. I got one amen and three nods. Let me just keep going. There are things that you're, oh God, help me. When you recognize who you are, your prayer list gets a little bit shorter. Because instead of just begging God to facilitate something, you'll recognize everything he has already done and what is legal for you to call into being from your seat of authority. That's not for everybody. I know. It's all right. If I could just get a handful of people to get it, then we can build God a global ministry and we can walk in signs, wonders, and miracles and we'll just let the multitude keep coming for the fishes and the loaves. Jesus only needed 12 people that could get the concept. How did they get it? They got it. That's why Peter's shadow could heal. He didn't beg for God to send his shadow to heal. He said, let me walk by you and my shadow. I'm still in this Bible. He said, let me walk by you and my shadow will heal you. They would take the sick people and they would line them up, line them up on the street where they knew he was walking. And they did something that the commentary called shadow casting. They would position them in a certain direction according to where the sun was shining so that when he walked by, they could ensure that the shadow of the Son of God, not Jesus, but Peter, would fall on the sick so that they could get up. He recognized, watch this. Jesus said, in that day, he said, you're not going to ask anything. You're not going to ask me anything. He said, but whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that he will do so that the Son is glorified in the Father and the Father glorified in the Son. We already taught you the word for ask there doesn't mean to pray, it means to decree. That means that there's a day, Deacon Hunt, that's coming where the saints are going to mature to such an extent that we're not going to walk around begging God to do things that he has given us authorization to call into being ourselves. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I what? He said, I got it. I possess it. It's in me. In the name of Jesus, I call forth your Rise up and walk. See, the immature don't want to tie their shoe. They want somebody to tie it for them. The immature don't want to get up and build the house. They want somebody to build it for them. The immature don't want to get up with any kind of work ethic. They want somebody to work for them. But when I recognize who I am in maturity, I'm a son of God. I'm manifesting his likeness and image. I'm walking in his power and authority. How's DMX doing? He all right yet? Did he wake up? Somebody Google it. That's, that's, Y'all give me, give me real-time answers. He's off life support. Okay, because when I heard about it, I went into intercession. 
I said, he can't die from an overdose because he might go to hell. I said, God, we get in the gap. And as a son of God, I call on your mercy. Bring his soul back into his body and let him find salvation. Called it into being. Silver and gold, I don't have. I don't, I don't have money for you. You're limiting my expression to dollars and cents. Y'all not going to like this. Let me, I got to, I got to get to this. Huh? Some of y'all mad. Let me, can I, but prophet, just pray for me. It's resurrection. You're supposed to preach about Jesus. Some of y'all mad because the pastor don't call you every day. But let me just deal with the, can I deal with the spirit of offense in the room? See, before I had a church body as a pastor, I was a prophet with an eye. Some of y'all are mad because I don't return. Well, I do. I typically return text messages, prophet. I, am I missing a text message from you? That's why you said that? I don't have time to tickle your fancy and fulfill an emotional void. But such as I have, y'all don't like it. Let me stay in my seat and keep the hordes of hell off of your life. I don't have to be in your face to do my job. I don't have to have warm, fuzzy moments with you to fulfill a commission. As long as hell backs up when I command it in the name of the Lord to back up off of you, I'm doing what God called me to do. Call somebody else for your warm, fuzzy moment. Go sit in somebody else's lap because you want to feel good that you on the phone with the pastor. It's time for a mature expression of the body of Christ. As long as I'm doing my job. I've got to be in your face to do my job. I don't got to have dinner with you to do my job. I don't got to let you walk around and follow me for me to do my job. Don't reduce me to silver and gold. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, you're here because I got it. Now be healed. Be delivered because of what he put in me. People will try to diminish. Watch this. This is a key for the anointed. Don't let people reduce your anointing to what they can put in their pocket. Because your anointing is bigger than what they can manage. Because if it wasn't, they would have it themselves. That's why they're sitting there at the gate begging for something that you can dispense. But don't diminish me to something that you can manipulate. My anointing is bigger than what you can handle. Gotta recognize what he's put on me, silver and gold. I'm talking to Rebecca. I'm talking to sons of God now. See, I, I left the church 20 minutes ago. I'm talking to mature sons of God. I'm talking to people that know what it means to manifest his power. I'm talking to people that can look at the face of the real estate broker when they're telling you no and you say, the word of the Lord is yes and amen. This is my house. I walked into that house and met the realtor 
and talked to the realtor before they even showed up. And all the realtor kept saying to me, she said, Lorraine said, this is her house. She said, they called and said no. And she said, she told me, that's my house. And so she said, I don't know what happened, but they had to call back on a Sunday night. Y'all not going to say nothing. They had to call you back on a Sunday night and say, that is your what? Because you know who you are as a daughter of God. And if God says it, I didn't get to my notes. Please take your seats. Let me get through this. I got five minutes. Yeah. See, sir, see the religious, watch this. I got to help me. Jesus. The religious came to hear a, a story. Tell me an Easter story about Jesus in the Easter bunny. No, 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 no. You've heard a lot about his resurrection. It's time for you to recognize your resurrection. Because he got up, you can get up too. Because he rose from the grave, you're supposed to get up too because you were in him. I dare you to open your mouth and declare this is your season of resurrection. You're coming out of the grave. Time for you to resurrect. It's time. I feel that bit koshiandeya. It's time for you to resurrect. It's time for you to come out of the grave. It's time for you to stop looking and smelling like death. You better let the spirit of life grab you. Romans 5, please sit down. I didn't even read the scriptures yet. I feel that pushing on me. I said, I feel it pushing on me. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. It's time for the saints to get out of the bed with death and recognize that God has called you to live. Well, what kind of preaching is this for Easter? It's the kind that I hear. My covenant with God is, he said, you say what I tell you to say. You preach what I tell you to bring. That's the problem right now with the church. People come in here trying to manipulate the preacher. The devil is a lie. That's the wrong house. This is a new era. And I have an obligation before the throne of the most high sovereign God to preach to his people that he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church. Y'all sat under preaching and God ain't said none of it. come in here and manipulate try to control the atmosphere to determine what's going to be preached you better back up off of me the devil is a lie that kind of witchcraft don't work in this house the spirit of truth is in this house God speak according to your counsel declare to us your wondrous works all these prophets David I'm trying to preach resurrection all these prophets in the last seven days with these dreams and visions. Something trying to infiltrate the church. The devil is alive. You better get out of here with your agenda. You better get delivered or get out. You only got two options. As for me and my house, y'all not going to talk back to me. We will serve who? It was very specific. We're going to serve the Lord. There's no question as to who he is. He's the God who saved us and the one who delivered us. Let me at least read this scripture. 
and let you go. I've been up for 45 minutes. As for me and my house, we will serve who? I want you to say it with power. We will serve who? Let the devil hear you one more time. We're going to serve who? There's no question as to who we're serving. We're not serving the agenda of man. We're not serving a Jezebelic agenda. We didn't come here to play church with God and his people. This is the gate of heaven. It's the house of God. You either are here to build or to get free or both. But there's only one agenda here. It's God's plan. Who said that? Was that Drake? If you can't believe it when I say it, you better call Drake. Did he say God's plan? He got enough sense to know it don't work if the sovereign didn't call it in the beat. Y'all, see, y'all, don't, y'all don't like it. He got enough sense to know that if God didn't say it, it ain't going to come to pass. It's time for the saints in the light to get smart like the people in darkness. I got to stop. Let me give you this. I'm going to give you the note, the, the, the points. You think we survived though we survived to give it up now? I, come on, I need, I need a couple of words. All the hell that we've been through to get to where we are right now, you think we're going to let the devil come in here and run roughshod all over us? Devil, you're a liar. We bind you. We rebuke you. We rebuke your seat. We rebuke your setting. We rebuke your placement. We suffocate the life out of your decree. We cut off your voice. We remove your headship. We rebuke your placement. We overthrow your table. We whip your agents into alignment. I feel like preaching. There's an apostolic anointing to preach. Somebody open your mouth and say, anoint me to drive the devil out. Say that you have no place here. You have no place here. You have no setting here. The blood of Jesus drives you out of our midst. We are the redeemed of the Lord, and we're saying so. Tell you this, I gotta just stop. I can't even get to my other scripture. It says, when the fullness of time had come. That means there's an appointed time. See, watch this. This is, this is why you, you got to be careful. Watch this. Let me, let me just read it the way. You got to be careful when you come upon your appointed season, Elder Warren. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Because the Bible says that every man has to work while it is day because night is coming where no man can work. So watch this. Every season has a name. He said day, the season called day, the appointed time called day is when you get to do the work. He said, but you got to work conscientiously because there's another season coming where you are not going to be able to work. That means that God has allotted us. Watch this. Y'all got to hear it. He's given us a time frame to get it done. Beloved, you got to be careful because this is what I see. When we happen upon the appointed time, part of the strategy of the enemy is to surround our lives with people that try to call our appointed time by a different name. 
you got to watch the people. Watch this. You got to watch the people that when you, after all you have suffered. See, I, I, I'm trying to deal with this text. I can't get to it. I, I got to stop. But it talked about how Jesus had to go into the belly of the earth. See, it's, it's, it would have been nice if God could have just thrust him into the glorified place that was really the objective. Because the cross wasn't the objective. It wasn't the objective. It was just a stop. The burial was not the objective. The objective of Jesus coming into the earth was that he would eventually be resurrected and given the seat that is in the bosom of the Father or at the right hand of the Father and the name that is above every single name. The cross and the burial were just stops on the road to the fulfillment of destiny. Now watch it. I came to preach to people, and I can't get to the notes, but I came to preach to people that had already endured the season of the cross. You've already been crucified. That means that God has already identified for you the stuff that cannot go to the next level. There's parts of your flesh. There's parts of your personality. There are relationships. There's all kinds of business dealings and network. There's paradigms. There's things that you have endured, that you have touched, that you have handled, that are not permitted to go into the next level. So God has got to introduce a cross to you because you don't know what can go. So he's got to nail you. Somebody say nail me he's got to nail you to the place and strip from you what cannot go but here's the thing about the cross that you've got to understand the cross is a voluntary arrangement Jesus said nobody is taking my life from me I'm willingly laying it down that means the cross is for the mature because you've got to lay your life down to get on the cross he's not coming to nail you he's not coming to for I'm only preaching to three people he's not coming to force you he's gonna Show you your death and expect you to hop on for the ride. I came to preach to somebody that's mature enough to embrace the cross and the dealings of God in a deeper place. Shut up when he tells you to shut up. Forgive when he tells you to forgive. Humble yourself when you feel like talking. Somebody in embracing the cross. The cross is not the destiny. After the cross, they thrust him into the grave. And while his body was in the grave, his soul went into the middle of the earth, to the belly of the earth. This is what I came to prophesy to. Because some of you have been buried. Huh? And you looking around trying to bind the devil, and it's not the devil. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, help me. Uh, he's getting you ready for another level of glory because he prayed in John 17 he said father give them the glory that I had with you at the beginning but he didn't say in the prayer strengthen them while they're in the middle of the earth y'all somebody gonna get it he didn't say God give them peace while they're going through hell but hell was in the equation Sometimes you got to look around at all the hell you're going through and you got to find your best praise. You got to look at all the hell you're experiencing and you got to dry your eyes and you got to rejoice. Why? Because the mature believer knows that just like the cross was not the destination, neither is this grave. I can't breathe. There's dirt on me. They sealed me in a box. They put me in the container. But the reality is on the third day, there's a resurrection. That there's another destination. Y'all not going to help me preach after this experience experience so I can navigate through it with the right perspective because God 
promise me that there is a day that he's going to raise me up. I'm preaching by myself. He's going to raise me up out of this ground. He's going to take me up out of this pit. He's going to remove the sting of death. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where? to be careful of people that are not afraid to die because they've tasted resurrection because we have nothing to lose we say if the bottom falls out of it and we lose everything it's all right the sovereign is going to build it all over again and we understand Ezekiel's wheel within the middle of a wheel that according to the rotations of God everything gets greater everything gets better everything gets brighter y'all not going to help me preach my own deliverance but did you hear the seven last sayings y'all not going to help me preach we had some leaders walk out of this house but everybody that came in after them served in their churches longer than we've ever been in existence God will replace you with people that's better than you he'll reflect y'all not gonna help me tell the truth he'll re the evolution means that it's better see God watches watch this God is building a house but he can't build it with any kind of material y'all not gonna help me preach the scripture he says, what you build, Prophet Bonaparte, has to be tested by fire. It's not, it's not an if, it's a when. Okay, come on. Huh? Pastor, you got your programs going, you got your church going, the praise seems sound real good. You finally got the sound to sound the way you want it to sound and all that. Guess what? The fire is on its way. Let me give you a prophecy without prophesying. The fire is coming to prove the kind of so when the fire comes everything that is of wood or stubble or hay has to be consumed by the fire so that which can actually endure can be revealed i'd like to believe that sometimes all of that wood and that stubble and that hay is on top of the real substance and we can't see the real substance because there's too much hay blowing in the wind that's why we got to call for the fire of god to consume y'all not gonna help whatever can be consumed some of y'all might be consumed in the next fire because you still hay blowing in the wind but I wish I had somebody that knows how to endure the fire knows how to endure the cross knows how to navigate under the ground in the grave that sees the resurrection open your mouth and give God I gotta go last point It's easy to endure all the hell that's a part of the equation when the resurrection has been assured. The Bible says that Jesus, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, it's not... Uh, uh, oh, come on. I, I got to stop. The Christos... In the Greek, the anointed one in his anointing had to go through a process for glorification. God did not come down here in the flesh showboating as God. He came in the form 
of flesh. That means he, there was a transmutation. He left his throne in glory and put on our stinking, dirty, rotting, decaying, death-filled it was, it was a new experience for God. He's omniscient, but it was a new experience because all he knows is eternal and everlasting life. He had to put on a robe that was disintegrating moment by moment. Could you imagine what it took God as the giver of life to maintain his life force to keep that body so that it could actually die? He had to turn his back on Jesus on that cross or he would have lived forever in that state. At some point, watch this, he didn't say, God, why did you turn your back on me? The scripture says he turned his back, but he said, why did you forsake me? In other words, Jesus experienced a moment of total void as it pertained to the Father. God didn't just turn around, he had to... He had to separate himself from Jesus' humanity in order for that body to die for him to go into the earth. He didn't turn his back. He left him. He said, because if I don't, you'll never die. This body can't die because too much life is in it. Went into the ground, purchased our salvation. The Christos had to be subjected to an experience. Watch this. Listen, y'all. Listen, listen, listen. I got to stop. He had to be subjected to an experience where the giver of life turned his back and walked away. Your experience with death is not complete until you can't find God anywhere. God, why you break my heart like this? How long do I have to endure this? Am I in your prayer? The fears that come on your mind that you got to wrestle in war with when the enemy says your days are numbered. Huh? God, why won't you just deal with it in season after season after season? You're searching for God. God, where are you in this? He had to walk away. Because you can never get to your glorification until you have totally married death. And death can't do the work it's meant to do in you until the God of life walks away from you. Huh? But he said in the Psalms, he said, but you won't allow your Holy One to see corruption. You're not going to leave me in this condition. This is not the destination. I know that there's a glory in you that you have called me to enter into. But God, right now, all I feel is the worms eating my flesh. We all cry out for glory. But beloved, let me present to you. The glory is only coming to the people that know how to navigate through that grave. The glory is only coming to people. Because watch this, you got to realize that there are some people that began this journey and this process, but they stopped. They got in the grave and they thought it was final and they stayed. They got on the cross and they didn't realize that God wasn't just stripping stuff to strip it. So they got on the cross and got offended. Huh? The nails in your hand is not an indication that it's over. It's an indication that it's just started. He's preparing you to be glorified with the same. Y'all got to hear it the way he said with the same glory. It's going to take me the rest of my life to live this out properly. 
Jesus said, Father, I don't pray for these alone, but I pray for these who will believe in me at their word. That the same glory, watch this, that I had with you at the beginning. That's before sin entered into creation. He said, I'm praying that you put that same glory on them. These are the words of Jesus. You mean to tell me that your prayer is not that I just come to church and make six figures and get a house on a hill and a couple of cars? You mean your real intention is for me to walk in the same, y'all got to hear it, the same dimension of glory that you had in the beginning when the spirit of God was hovering over the deep? And that you had the concept, the logos, to call into being the galaxies and the universe. You're praying that the same ability comes on them, on us, that we walk in that realm and dimension. See, some of y'all just want to do church. You're trying to get the mic to preach. You're trying to look important in front of people who don't even care about you. But I'm not here to preach to the people that need to be pacified in babies so that they feel comfortable enough in church. Go find you a nursery school to nurse your emotional dysfunction in your wounds and leave the seat in this house for the mature. I'm not sent as an apostle to babes. If you are a babe, find you a pastor with baby ministry commission. An apostle is sent to the mature to build and develop Christ in you. Paul said, I labor in birth pains and travail for the forming of Christ in you, not for you to be pacified and happy-go-lucky in church. The travail of the apostle is not just to shepherd you, it's to equip you and mature you. There is a glory, I'm done, Elder. There's a glory that belongs to the saints that we are being transformed into. Prophet T, everybody's not ready for this. Prophet Karen, everybody's not ready for it. But this is what God is calling into being. We're about to figure out what it means to walk in the earth as sons of God. Gonna walk in hospitals and people are gonna get up out of those sick beds and they're not gonna know what happened. See, that's all right. I just got one person. That's all right. I don't know. No, 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 no. Jesus only had 12 people that really believed him, and only one, one of them was a devil. So it's all right. No, 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 no. I don't need masses. Mm. The masses only come for fishes and loaves. They don't want the word, they don't, they don't want the truth, they don't want the substance, and more than that, they don't want to change. Masses want the hype. That's all the masses want. The 70 took Jesus' anointing and went and built ministry off of his anointing. I got my 70 out there. I know y'all watching. I got my 70. They took his anointing. They learned to heal the sick. They learned to cast out devils. They learned to raise the dead. But they could not take his mind and his word. 70 left him. He preached once. Could you imagine having a mega ministry? You preach one sermon and 70 of your leaders leave in one service. Jesus turned to the 12 and said, are you going to go also? 
Peter spoke up, where are we going to go? You hold the words of life. In other words, he said, we're not like the 70. We see deeper than they see because all they saw was a ticket to their next level. See, some of y'all come to church to ride the coattail of the leader because you think it's going to open a door. That's what you think. That's why. It's going to be a platform for you. This pastor is going to do what your other pastor didn't let you do. This pastor is going to let you preach and minister and prophesy and lay hands and the other pastor overlooked you. You're fishes and loaves. You don't even have space in the inner court. I'm here for the mature. I'm here for those that are called into glorification. Are you ready for your shadow to heal or are you still trying to just get the mic to preach? Something we're not going to remember after it's over. Are you ready to fulfill Jesus' prayer that the same glory be on you? Oh, man. What a day. Elder Ramona, what a day that would be that in our gatherings, that the worship would be so intense, that the presence and glory of God would so settle upon us that cancers would be healed at the door that AIDS and tumors would dry up at the door. They won't even know. Nobody touched you. Nobody prayed for you. You stepped into an atmosphere of glorified sons. That's my goal. Everybody's standing. That's the objective. If you don't know the Lord and the pardon of your sin, come on, let's do this real fast. I couldn't get back to my notes, y'all. Pray for me. I only read two of my scriptures. I actually had three and then a whole bunch of stuff. If you need to give your life to the Lord, if you're a backslider and you need to come back, do it on this Resurrection Sunday. Don't let another week go by. Well, wait for just one second, sorry. Don't let another week go by and you don't belong to him. Y'all hear me? If you need to repent of your sin, hell is not worth the good time. It's not worth it. We've all sinned, y'all. Look at us. Anybody up here never sinned? Are you, you elders? Anybody up here never sinned? Tell the truth. Y'all not saying nothing. Did y'all ever sin? You've sinned before? Anybody up here ever sinned? Did you have a good time? Because the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. I had a few seasons of pleasurable sin. It was not all bad. I didn't live a horrible life of sin. That ain't my testimony. I had a good life of sin. A good time, you hear me? And a few flashbacks. We're going to tell the truth in this church. We're not, what? What, we going to lie? Act like we ain't never did nothing? Boy, please, get out of my face with that. Y'all, listen, listen. We have had a good time in sin. We didn't hate it. We enjoyed it. Sometimes I was so drunk, I didn't remember nothing. You hear me? Nothing. Nothing. You ain't been drunk till you drunk and can't remember nothing. Literally, wake up home, how did I get here? You, text, you texting people drunk, 
calm down. Reel it in. That's the chief prophet. She got my back. She's my guard. She said, she said, Bishop, okay, come back. All right. I just want you to know that we're not pretentious and religious. We've been there. We've experienced it. And we know that ultimately there was a deeper desire in us for God. Can, can y'all attest to that? If y'all are anything like me, I was a person in the club prophesying, drunk with a word. I'll never forget it. One day I went into a place, it wasn't a club, it was just a restaurant. I had just a little wine, a little bit, a few, few. I prophesied to that whole table. Some of those people are still my friends to this day. They're like, you a pastor now? I was like, mm-hmm. Remember you was prophesying? Uh-huh. I walked in there, I said, you know, I just hear the Lord saying. Went through the whole table. Because there was something that even the drunkenness did not fulfill. There was a hunger for God. There was a thirst for God. And I think, and I know, I, I say I think, trying to be humble, but I know that serving him is better. I don't have hangovers. I don't have a headache. I don't feel sick. I'm not throwing up. And I get just as high in the spirit. It's better. I literally do. I sit here sometimes blasted. I say, God, if they knew what I was feeling right now, they probably would call somebody. Blasted. Lit in the spirit and you stay like that for the rest of the day sometimes for a few days you just be in a whole nother zone you be like whoo they be like what's wrong with you be like we was in church Sunday the glory came I messed up your breath don't stink you don't stink smelling like reefer that's for the older generation because some of y'all still smoke We want you to be saved. That's the objective of this lesson. We want you to come to the Lord. He will forgive you. He will wash you. He will cleanse you. He'll take the sin away. Watch this. He'll take the taste of it out of your mouth. You'll stop desiring it the same way. It might be a journey a little bit, but it's all right. If you stay in him, he stays in you.